came to church with a heavy heart because uh, something else happened in our country. Um, I don't want to give you the bad news, but, um, I, you know, news are news, and it's always bad news, but just another thing happened. And um, So I, I, want, I want to pray again and continue to pray for for this nation and, you know, the police departments and the communities and just everything that's happening. I think that uh, I think it's time for us as the church to to do something. I was hoping Kevin would be here. I was going to ask him to share his testimony. It goes really well with the message, but um, we'll, we'll have him share next time. Um, and Cynthia and I have dedicated and uh, committed ourselves to just like talking to people, at least, you know, starting out with just a conversation with some folks and uh, seeing where it takes us. Because I think we go, we go to a lot of places, amen? We go to like to eat, we go to the mall, we go to the gas station, we go pay our bills somewhere, we walk around our neighborhood, uh, we go to work, you know, and we don't, we don't like talk to anyone. And I think that, I think that we should start, like yesterday we were at In-N-Out, uh, and, and like around somewhere <laughs> and uh, there's like a lot of people there and like you guys you guys been in and out right um, there's like thousands of people I don't even know how they do it in there to be honest cooking all those things and just started talking to people just didn't even need to be about like hey you know like you you know I'm Christian just right off the bat hi my name is Mario Christian Magana and, you know, it's just like just talking to folks and just like we just made us made a friend and, you know, I was talking to this young man and, you know, and just like, well, how long was it? Three, five minutes and just learned so much. Um, he's going to college, getting his bachelor's and we're just talking like really quick and just to like start being people, you know, <laughs> like. Let's just be regular people. I feel like sometimes we just kind of do our own thing. And if we're going to affect this world, then, then we have to, like, just open up. You know? just, just be aware of your surroundings and start conversations. And, you know, you, you may not be able to, like, evangelize right away or, or say something. But as you walk in, like, word of knowledge and in the power of the Holy Spirit, you'll start to get things about people. And you'll start to tell them things. And then they'll... And it, the game is really going to change. And I believe that's where we're headed. Um, I believe that we can be there, but it just takes practice for us to just open up conversations. And so I think the, uh, this message that, that God gave me, like I think it was Monday, goes really well with that. And just how we've been feeling, Cynthia and I. And I kind of want to share that with you. Luke chapter, I mean, uh, John, well, was, yeah, John chapter 4. John chapter 4. That's verse 29. Wow, we're going to finish early today. Woo, praise God. Are you there? Let's read verse 29. We're going to read quite a bit, um, 29 to 42. Come and see a man. This is the Samaritan woman speaking. Come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came, excuse me, uh, so, the, so the people came uh, uh, streaming from the village to see him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus, Rabbi, eat something. 
<laughs> but Jesus replied, I have a kind of food you know nothing about. And then they said to themselves, right, did someone bring him food while we were gone? The disciples asked each other. Then Jesus explained, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. You know the saying, four months between planting and harvest, but I say, wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. The harvesters are paid good wages, and the fruit they harvest is people brought to eternal life. Wow. What joy awaits both the planter and the harvester alike? You know the saying, one plants and another harvests, and it's true. I sent you to harvest where you didn't plant. Others had already done the work, and now you will get to gather the harvest. Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, he told me everything I ever did. When they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village. So he stayed for two days, long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. Then they said to the woman, now we believe, not just because of what you told us, but because we have heard him ourselves. Now we know that he is indeed the savior of the world. Amen? Wow. Just, uh, it's so much, it's so much revelation in this that it's, I won't be able to go into much of it, but kind of want to just tackle a couple of things. Uh, I think we're being called, it, it is a time that we're being called to do what God has called us to do as a church more than ever before. And here is a great example of Jesus. As many of you have heard the story, he encounters a woman at a well, a Samaritan woman, a woman that honestly, according to law and according to Jewish law didn't deserve for Jesus to be speaking with her. One, because she's a Gentile, according to the Jews, and two, because she is female. So Jesus didn't need to go to her. There was no, nothing that, that pushed him in that direction according to culture. But according to what he had in his heart, what he had in him, the Holy Spirit that was over him, he moved to go towards this woman and begin to talk to her. And many of you have heard the story. We've preached about it here. Maybe you've read it. And you know that she had been married five times, and she was telling Jesus that she had a husband and trying to say, like, I don't know why you're talking to me. I'm married kind of a thing. And Jesus is like, you're right. You're on your fifth husband. And she was like, what? How do you know? Who have you been talking to? Right? Uh, do I have you on Facebook or no? Okay. So Jesus just begins to just tell her her life. She's shocked because of what Jesus knows. Now, really interesting thing right away. Jesus didn't tell her what to do. <laughs> Jesus didn't tell the Samaritan woman what to do. He didn't say, listen, you got to. Divorces, like he didn't sit there and counsel her about that. I find that pretty interesting. I think that sometimes when people, when we encounter people, we want them to like fix their life right away. And I think what Jesus is interested in is for, for them to be like just encounter him. 
that encounter with him starts a process of change that may take time or may be overnight where she changed and she decided to make all these changes in her life. The Bible doesn't describe what she did. But the point is that Jesus just wants to encounter people. He wants to engage people. And I think that here we see him engaging the culture because, you see, it was not it, it was it was not uh, something that he he. Like a Jew or even his disciples thought that he would be doing, encountering this woman, engaging this woman. So he is going towards the person that seems like doesn't deserve it or maybe is an outcast. He's engaging culture. And I think as the church, we need to engage with culture. I don't... I think sometimes, a lot of times as, as, as Christians, what happens is culture engages us and then we start emulating culture and we start living by that culture that's around us rather than us engaging culture and bringing the influence in the impact of Jesus Christ to change lives. I think that's what Jesus is doing here. He's engaging people. He's engaging this woman. He's engaging someone that perhaps doesn't deserve it or, or seems like, like she's far away because, you know, there was another woman, another Gentile woman that came to Jesus and said, Lord, you know, my daughter is sick. Can you heal her? And Jesus said, you know, this bread is not for the little dogs. And she said, well, even the dogs eat, eat from the crumbs of the master's table. And he said, oh, your faith is powerful. A Gentile woman, your faith, wow, your faith has healed your daughter. And I think that Jesus is moved by that kind of faith, and he's moved to engage culture. And he's not bounded by religion. He's not bounded by rules. He's not put in a box. He does what he wants to engage culture. I think it's time for us to engage in culture and not to be part of it, but to engage it, to influence it. Does that make sense? We need to influence and empower people that are perhaps feel powerless. I, I imagine this woman felt powerless in her condition when that condition came about into the light. She, he, she probably felt like this guy knows everything. And wow, like, what do I do now? And Jesus did not judge her. Jesus did not put her down. Jesus just said, I am the Messiah. And that's all she needed to hear because they were waiting for the Messiah as well. And the Messiah is the anointed one, you know, the savior of the world. Does the world still need a savior? Amen? The world today still needs a savior. There's so much going on. I can, I can go on and on about what's going on. And, and, and the list is long, you know, all the bad stuff that's going on all the bad news that's going on. And that shows me that this world is still in need of a savior. And Jesus, his words are so powerful when he's talking about the food. You know, he hadn't ate. The, he went to meet with her and the disciples went to eat. So the disciples go to eat and, and he goes to meet with this woman. Disciples come back and he hasn't ate. And they're asking, did, did you eat, Lord? Did you eat, Rabbi? Did you eat? And he's like, you know, the food that I have, you know nothing of. Like doing my father's will and finishing his work brings nourishment to me. I think a lot of us are looking for satisfaction, you know, in th different things. But God wants us to know that when we engage culture, when we bring his message, when we bring Jesus to others, it'll satisfy us.
Amen? It'll bring nourishment to us. So he engages society, he engages culture, essentially the world. And with that one engagement, that one conversation, he changes an entire people, an entire group of people. That's powerful. Can I say something? The, the Jews didn't even do that. The Jews rejected him. Some Jews accepted him, but not everyone. It was a, a minority. And this one encounter saves an entire group of people and changes history forever in that group of people. The Bible says that because the, the Jews rejected him, that we were able to accept him as Gentiles. But there's a mystery here because these Gentiles, they accepted him before he was rejected by the Jews because of that one encounter that he had with that woman. That's powerful. See, you can't put God in a box. You can't put him, he looks like this, he, he does this, and if you don't do this, then you won't be able to be with God. He just does what he wants because he's God. He engages people that otherwise we think don't deserve it. So in verse 34, he says, then Jesus explained, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. Satisfaction, nourishment, the things that we need most in our life come from just being with God and doing what he says. That's what satisfies us at the end of the day. And that's why we get in trouble sometimes, because we're not obedient to what he tells us to do. Eventually, the, my will and his will become one that I'm just going, and he's just going with me. And that's a process, you know. It's, it's something that we learn and we practice. But, man, doing what the Father wants brings joy to our hearts. Amen? So then it talks about this great harvest. Verse 36, it says, The harvesters are paid good wages, and the fruit they harvest is people brought to eternal life. What joy awaits both the planter and the harvester alike? If I could just camp here for just a few moments. The harvesters are paid good wages, and the fruit they harvest is people going into eternal life. Wow. Wow. The fruit that God wants to give us, that he wants to give us, is seeing people come into his kingdom. That brings joy, not just to God in heaven, but it brings joy to us that we would see people encounter God, that we would see people encounter Jesus Christ, that we would see people come to Jesus and enter into his kingdom and enter into eternal life. Which, by the way, eternal life doesn't start when we die. Eternal life starts when we came and gave our life to Jesus Christ and he knew us before and after that. But that moment we realized, wow, I'm his and I've always been his. 
And we live eternally with him and, and he cares for us and, and, and he knows what's in our hearts and he knows what we're going through. He knows our battles. He knows exactly what we need to hear just like this woman did. Why? Because his goal, his desire, his ultimate longing is for people to come into eternal life. And I know that we want people to grow and be discipled, and those things are good. But the longing of the Father, the will of God, is for people to come into his kingdom, for people to be saved, for people to be forgiven of their sins. That was the whole point that he sent his only begotten son. He loved the world so much that people would come to eternal life, to an everlasting life with Jesus Christ. That's what the world needs today. It needs to hear the message of the gospel. It needs for us to encounter people, talk to people, engage the culture so that people that are hurting, that are going through darkness and depression and tough times can come in to eternal life, can come into the kingdom of God. That's what families need. That's what young people need. That's what kids need. Old people need. They need the message of the gospel to encounter them so they can come into eternal life. After that, awesome, they'll grow, they'll be discipled, their dreams will be fulfilled, they'll see prosperity, they'll see health, they'll see all of those amazing things. But God's in, like, desire, deeply desire is for people to be saved. His whole plan and salvation just doesn't mean I'm going to, he to heaven. Salvation means I, I get a whole new life. I get a whole new life. I become a new creation. I get an entire way, new way of thinking. I get a new covenant. I get a new way to enter into the presence. I am a new person. Salvation brings everything and makes everything new again. And that's what Jesus was doing. And that's what he was telling his disciples. Look, you guys can go have your tacos and burritos and your pupusas. I love those. But I'm going to get full. I'm going to be satisfied when I see this entire village come to my father. Wow. If, you know, sometimes we say we need to hunger for the presence of God. And that's true. But what if we were hungry to see people saved? What if we were hungry to see people come to Jesus Christ? We would be full. We would say, oh, man, I'm full. This person gave their life. They had an encounter with Jesus. I'm hungry again. I want to see more people come to Jesus Christ. That's how Jesus was walking around. He was walking around. Who can encounter the Father today? Who's going to encounter the Father today? Who can we heal? Who can we pray for? Who can get a word of knowledge like this woman got? Who can be saved? Who? Who? Because my Father is after his sheep. His ultimate desire, his ultimate desire, the fruit of seeing people come into the kingdom brings joy to God. Brings joy. He, he, he's happy. He's joyful knowing that people are just coming in. Today more than ever. Today more than ever. More than ever. Everything is so Political, everything is so black and white, so polarized. Everything is just so negative, so dark. And then people are distracted. Christians are distracted. We're distracted by this and by that. And all these tragedies are happening. And 
I'm tired of the hashtag, to be honest with you, about everything. And, and, and then we, we say, yeah, this stuff is happening. At we'll say it at church, and then we go home, and we just are distracted. And we need, to, we need to not be like that. We need to, like, everywhere that we go, who can we encounter? Who can I engage? Who can I talk to? That person looks. And then start asking the Holy Spirit because you're filled with power and you're filled with the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit will tell you. You can say, Lord, ask him this. What do you love about that person, God? Lord, what do you love? Like, is there anything in their family that you want me to tell them, Lord? And go up to people and just start talking. If at first, you know, you don't feel comfortable, just say hi. You know, like, I, I'm so shocked sometimes at work because we, we, we have a, you know, I work in a building and it's like, I think, 21 floors. And there's a lot of people that work in that building. And sometimes you'll walk into an elevator with someone and you're there just by yourself with them. And no one talks to each other. No one talks to each other. I don't, I don't want to do that anymore. Like yesterday we were out and we were just talking with folks and just like not even like, hey, you know, you're going to hell. If you no, just like just high, like, hey, how's it going? How's, how's work? Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Just like I know it's some of you don't like people. I, I get it. I, I understand. I, I, you have this thing where you're just like, ah, just people are just like, uh. you can't be a Christian and hate people. I'm sorry. You can't. It's it's not. It doesn't work. I mean, think about it this way: you become a Christian. God, the Lord saves you. He He tells you to go to church with people, and He oh before that you were born into a family. Guess what? People, and and then you go to church and people, and then you start your own family. And when you get older, and, oh more people, and then uh, you're gonna go to heaven one day. Guess what's gonna be there? People. Now, they're going to be perfect up there. I know what you're thinking, you people, haters. <laughs> but we, we are called to love people. Jesus said that the two commandments that sum up the, the law and the prophets, love God, love others. You can't just say, oh, I, yeah, I love them over there. But like way over there, though. Gotta love people. You know, the Jews hated the Samaritans. The Samaritans thought that they had the truth. They thought that 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 they, you know, something with Solomon and and they had the right stuff, and the Jews were the, the messed up ones, and they thought they had it. And the Jews hated them. Hated them. That's why Jesus also gives the parable of the Good Samaritan. For that reason, because the Jews don't like the Samaritans. But guess what Jesus does? Jesus does what sometimes is not popular. Goes and talks to the person that, hey, no one likes. Who knows what her status was in her village? You know, think about her having five husbands. That's drama. That's soap opera. Novella time. Think about it. Maybe, maybe she even got with someone that was with someone else. Come on, talk to me. And Jesus says, I'm going to go talk to her. Now, what I've heard scholars say is that she goes to go 
get water in a time where no one's getting water. Why? Because she's embarrassed. She don't want nobody to see her. She doesn't want anybody to talk to her. She's a bad person. It just so happens that Jesus is there. Right now, nobody wants to talk to cops. Nobody wants to talk to our African-American brothers and sisters. Nobody wants to talk to the homosexuals. What are, what are we going to do? Are we just going to, like Carlos said, just, hey, you know, everything's going bad, and uh, I'm good. I got a good church, good job, all right car, you know. Man, Jesus is like on time his his connection with the father's heart is, is like one right and 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 the and the father is just thinking about this woman and saying she doesn't know who she is she's made some bad choices but i love her and i want her jesus go get her jesus goes hey teacher we're gonna go eat you want to come no 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 i'm good i got got more important things to do. When you start telling your friends <laughs> that you got more important things to do and they ask you, what is that? I'm going to go talk to someone that needs Jesus. That'll be the day, right? I, I'm, trust me, it's for me too. But, but if you want to see change, if you want the, the, the world to be impacted, if you want the, the message of the gospel, if you believe in it truly with all your heart, you believe in the message of the gospel, then, then uh, you need to be like Jesus. We all need to be like Jesus to encounter people, encounter the culture, love people. And there's people brewing with hate right now, brewing a lot of hate in them. What God was speaking to me about was that that right now what's happening is stuff in people's heart that was already there is coming to the light now. It's coming out and being exposed. That's what's happening right now. The situations that are happening, the stuff that was already in people's heart, that's all, it was already in there, is coming out now. Now what we need to do when that stuff comes out is not be afraid, like, well, I ain't touching that is actually confront it with love, confront it with Jesus, and bless people, and show people that there's still real Jesus followers on earth. That we don't just get together in churches and in big events, and we say we're praying for the nation. No, that we're actually walking and encountering the culture. Hey, how's it going? Oh, is that your little, oh, okay, yeah, I see. God bless you. Wait for God bless you. Nobody says that anymore. That's what Jesus did. And then eventually you'll walk up to someone and say, hey, listen, I know that you're having trouble with your marriage. God just spoke to me, and I want to pray for you. Don't you want to walk like that? That's what God wants. He wants that for all of us here. We get stuck in, like, churchianity, right? Like, oh, I want to be up there. I want to do this up there. Man, are you preaching out there too? Are, am I? <laughs> All of us together. It's time. I think it's the perfect time. 
I think God, God put you in this time for a reason, for you to respond this way. All right, what else does he say? Because he's saying a lot of good things here. Verse 37, you know the saying, one plants and another harvest, and it's true. I sent you to harvest where you didn't plant. Others had already done the work, and now you will get to gather the harvest. So basically the, the, the fields are ready. The, the, the harvest is ripe. It's ready to just go get. He says, uh, he says the fields are white, ready for the harvest. It's ready. Go get it. Go and get it. Why? Because you're not doing this alone, Church of Jesus Christ. We're not doing this alone. There's someone called the Holy Spirit, and he's constantly evangelizing to people in their heart. So don't think that you are the Holy Spirit and you are God. You are the light and salt, but there's a Holy Spirit that is after people, and he's everywhere all the time. He can talk to anyone at any time at the same time. It doesn't matter. He's God. Amen. So he, the Holy Spirit is already talking to people. Now, all you have to do is make yourself available, connect the same with the Holy Spirit, and go and watch what happens. Just put your, like your, your soul and your spirit, put purpose into it. All right, I'm going today, and I know God's going to use me today. Go. You go to the market to shop. Okay, God, what do you want? I'll say whatever you want. And go. You know, we were at uh, the market, and Cynthia went to go put the card away, and she saw this lady, and she asked her, you know, hey, I feel like God pointed you out to me, and I wanted to pray for you. And the lady just, just everything. She started telling her her life story, just everything, and started saying, you know, my, uh, my son got married, and they had a, a baby, and now he doesn't talk to me, and I, I'm not, I haven't seen my grandchild ever, and she's like a year old already, and all this stuff, and she had arthritis in her body, and just started crying, and just started pouring out right there at the El Super. And Cynthia was there ministering, and I, sh I came right when she was already talking, and, and we prayed for her, and we blessed her. And we believe that God touched her. We believe that God healed her. And we believe that God gave her peace, and we believe that her son will come back. Amen? That's it right there. That's it. That's a good example. So Jesus tells the disciples, look, it's there. Just go get it. Verse 40, now the Samaritans are saying, when they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village. So he stayed for two days. That's so cool of Jesus to do that, to be honest. Long enough for many more to hear this, his message and believe. Then they said to the woman, now we believe, not just because of what you told us. So people will believe not just because of what we tell them, but because we have heard him ourselves. They'll, they'll hear God. Now we know that he is indeed the savior of the world. Man, I want you to see this. Like, please take this in your heart. They already know before he's died, before he's resurrected, before he's been rejected, that he's the savior of the world. That's a, that's a mystery. That's a secret right there. That's awesome. No, entire village, they know.
Meanwhile, the, the Jews are saying, crucify him. The Samaritans are saying, that's our Savior. <sighs> Let's pray. Thank you for listening to the Grace and Love podcast. We hope you were blessed by this message. If you have a prayer request, we would love to hear from you. Please feel free to contact us. And if you're in the LA area, we would love to meet you. We have services Sundays at 2 p.m. and Fridays at 8 p.m. We are located at 1900 Medford Street, Montebello, California, 90640. Thanks again, and God bless you.